It's a bad world out there. So take solace in the word on Solace Radio. Let's pray. Avinu Shabbat Shemayim, our Father in heaven. You're an incredible God and King. You have an incredible plan that spans a time frame that we cannot even imagine. So Father, in the middle of your plan, Father, help us to see where we fit in and where, where you are right now, hopefully, in, in, in this plan of yours. Uh, and do it to change us, to instill in us something that maybe wasn't there before or to magnify something that was, but maybe, maybe needs to be amplified. Uh, Lord, and do it not for us, but do it for you, for your glory. And we praise you in the name of your son, Yeshua, Jesus, our Messiah. Amen. So if you guys know me at all, I'm a movie guy. And uh, there is very, very rarely a time when I don't have some movie or another on in the background while I'm working, while I'm writing, while I'm, while I'm you're reviewing, whatever it is that I'm doing, there's usually some movie on in the background. Um, I love how the Holy Spirit works, how he just coordinates things in a way that is just beyond my capabilities, just beyond my even sensibility. This morning, the movie I had on in the background was Robin Hood. Now, that's not unusual, as I just mentioned, because I always have some movie or another on in the background. But when I started searching for a video for this morning, I... I have a, a website that I go to that, that, I, that we subscribe to where I can get movies, um, movie clips. And I typed in the word freedom. The first one that popped up, that clip. It, it, it's not a coincidence. I was about to say it was, it was just a coincidence. It was not a coincidence. As I, as I hit the button to play this clip, which I didn't know what the clip was until I started playing it, Guess what was on the television screen? The exact same clip. I mean, it was, it was a few seconds off, but it was, it was this spot in the movie. And when I hit play on this video clip on my computer, it was like watching it. Like, it was amazing. I was like, yes, that's the one. I didn't have to look any further um, because I knew that this was, this was something that, that the Lord had wanted uh, for us to see this morning. Now, we all know the story of Robin Hood. Of course, we know that Robin Hood wasn't real. He was a fox, right? Oh, different version? Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, uh, so this, there's a lot of different versions. My particular favorite is the one with Kevin Costner from, from years and years ago. Um, but in this particular clip, King John would not set the people free. This is an, you know, would be an example of how not to be. Um, so King John wouldn't set the people free. All they wanted, all the people wanted was the opportunity to choose. They wanted to be free to give him his, their loyalty by choice, which is why Robin Hood says, if you set them free, if you give them their liberty, not only will you earn their loyalty, but you will earn their love also. He says you have to build something from the bottom up. Robin Hood mentions a cathedral. I would suggest it was a good idea to build anything from the bottom up, lest it fall down from the start. 
Um, in this particular case, you have to start with the people. If you're going to build a kingdom, you need, you need the people. And you build them up by building up the people. And how do you do that? According to Robin Hood, it's liberty. And I can't do his accent. Liberty by law. And that really struck me, especially considering where we are right now in, um, you know, in our, in our political world, where we are in our social world, locked down tight, you know, and where we are in terms of the upcoming holiday. So I started really thinking about freedom and ultimately freedom at its core is the ability to choose. If you have your freedom taken away, what has been taken away is your ability to choose what you do, where you do it, how you do it, when you do it, or in, in some other fashion, your choice has been taken away. Under the Egyptians, when they were in slavery, the Israelites' uh, choice had been taken away. They had no ability to choose anything. They were slaves. All of their choices were made by their taskmasters. And so God, in his infinite wisdom and ability, chose to set them free to choose. What did that mean? That means that when they set him, when, when, when he took them out of bondage in Egypt, he didn't make them do anything. He gave them the choice. In fact, he started out very, very early on in giving them the choices. Many of them actually turned around and went back to Egypt. We know that. We, we see that in the scriptures. God set them free in order for them to be able to choose to follow him. I would suggest to you that God sets us free from our sin for the same reason. To be able to have the freedom to choose him. When we are in sin and apart from him, we don't even have that choice. But because of faith and what Yeshua did on the cross, he gives us that choice to choose him and worship him and follow him and, and, and be with him forever. And that's what he gives us the choice for. Um, how do you choose something, though, that you don't know? I mean, it, it, it probably happens a lot where you've got it. Choice A and choice B, and you don't really know much about either choice. You just have to pick. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm back to college picking you know, multiple choice questions that I have no idea the answer to. You know, you got, you got the, this, this choice to make. God had to start drawing people to him. If God wanted, wanted the people to choose him, he had to reveal himself. He had to get to know, he had to... A, put a situation in place where the people got to know him. That's where all of this started. He wanted the people to know him. So the bottom line for this particular message and for you to take away is this. The path to freedom begins with knowing God. Say it again. The path to freedom begins with knowing God. Now, in Hebrew, the word to know is yada. We talked about this last week where it says that God took notice. And the word there is from this word to know. He looked at them and God knew. It was time. In this portion alone, 
the, that verb in some form appears nine times. We don't see that a lot. In this portion, it appears nine times, and usually it says, V'yadat et Adonai, and you will know the Lord, or they shall know the Lord, or he shall know the Lord. That's how it appears. At the very beginning, I think, of this portion, we see something telling. Remember I said that God begins this path of, of drawing people to him? You'd be like, well, no, Rabbi. What about Abraham? What about Isaac? And what about Jacob? Well, what about them? The scriptures this morning starts out by saying, and God appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It says, again, in the, in the form of this verb, it says, and God, and, and I caused myself to be seen by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yet, if you continue reading that verse, it says, but I did not cause myself to be known. Wow. They knew of me. They knew who I was. They didn't really know me for me. I want you to understand this reveals something about revelation. God's revelation is a progressive revelation. He starts at one point and he continues to reveal and continues to reveal. And he continues to reveal more and more of himself in different ways. He continues to reveal its progressive revelation until the ultimate revelation of who he was appears on this earth in the form and body of a man we know as Yeshua. The ultimate revelation of who God was. In fact, it was such a revelation of who God was that he himself said, he who sees me has seen the Father. Yeshua is that great revelation, the ultimate revelation. But God didn't start with him. And often we say that would have been great if he had only started with Yeshua. Like if he, if he had just brought that about to begin with, we wouldn't have had to go through all the rest of this stuff. But God knew it wasn't time. And there's progressive revelation so that we could know who he is. We could know his nature. We could know his character. We could know his behavior patterns and how he responds in different circumstances. And we could build all of this evidence to say, I can trust in the Lord. So that when Yeshua does come in fulfillment of the promises, we could say, yes, God is fulfilling his promises and not, oh, this man is the devil, which is what some of the people said when he came across. He's under the power of Beelzebub. But the ultimate revelation is Yeshua, though he didn't start with him. We know that it says in the scriptures, and you will know that I am the Lord. You will know that I am the Lord. I am the Lord who brought you out from under your burdens. So he starts by identifying who he is by what he has done. You will know that I am the Lord because of this. You will know that I am the Lord when you see this happening. When you see uh, the water turning to blood, you will know that I am the Lord. When I stretch out my hand and deliver the children of Israel, you will know that I am the Lord. You will know that there is no one like the Lord. I, the Lord, am in the midst of the land. There is no one like me in all the earth. You will know that I am the Lord. In Revelation, in chapter 16, in our, our Brichad Shah passage today, in the end of days, God is still trying to get the attention of the people who don't accept him yet. Those people who ignore, are ignoring it, those people who are denying it, 
those people who don't care or don't want to care. He's trying to get their attention. And the funny thing is, he uses the same toolbox. Remember, remember Felix the cat? Remember he had his bag? His bag of tricks, and Felix the cat reaches into his bag of tricks. I'm way older than everyone in this room then. So, but that's okay. But there's, he's got this one, and everything he needs. All right, remember Hermione? So you remember Hermione, but you don't remember Felix the cat. That's fine. It tells me who I'm, who I'm speaking to. That's fine. Hermione has her, her carpet bag, or Mary Poppins. So, all right? So now I've, I've gotten to everybody, right? All right, got everybody? So there's this bag, and everything you, everything you could possibly need is in this bag, and you just take stuff out of this bag. God has a bag just like that. And unfortunately, it happens to be filled with plagues, plagues and signs and wonders, and he'll pull them out. And in the end of days, when you read the book of Revelation, he's pulling out the same type of stuff that he's used in the past, but he's using it for the exact same reason. Back in the early days, in the days of Egypt, when he couldn't get them to believe in him, he pulled out these plagues. He pulled out earthquakes. He pulled out darkness. He pulled out blood and flies and gnats and all this kind of stuff. And when we look at the bowls and we look at the trumpets, you know, all of the same stuff is coming back and it's coming back for the same reason because he's trying to get the attention of the people who don't believe yet. He's still at it. According to our portion today, the whole purpose is to get them to repent and turn to him. He's still giving them a chance. He's still giving all of us a chance. He's still giving you a chance to turn. I had a very interesting conversation with um, a coworker. And uh, this coworker asked me about 2 Chronicles 14.7. 14, 7.14. 7, 14. If my people who are, called from, who are called by my name will, and I'm paraphrasing, will turn from their sin turn from their wicked ways and pray, then I will heal their land. And I was asked the question, does this apply to us? Or was this just about Israel? Now, I didn't ask the question, but underlying this question is the, the sorrowful statement that it doesn't appear that God is healing our land. Is that because God didn't intend this promise for us? Or is it because those people who are called by his name are not humbling themselves? They're not turning from their wicked ways. And because of that, God is not healing the land. I'm not going to ask you, I'm not going to make you provide an answer, but it's something I want you to consider. Because this passage is talking about believers, people who are called by his name. This is not unbelievers. This is not people who don't know God yet. This is people who have accepted God by faith, who know God, who are called by his name, who are not turning to him. Now, it may very well be because they don't know God well enough. There's a little tiny word. That's the key. I'll say it again. That's the key. That is the key. To know that he is God is very different from knowing God. And it's a single, simple little word. It says key. Key means that. And it's a huge difference. In the Old Testament, with very few exceptions, it's always know that I am the Lord. God doesn't want to stop there. He doesn't want you to just know that he is God. He wants you to know him as God. He wants you to know who he is, to know his character. 
the prophets talk about knowing God, but it's always with a future outlook. It's always looking towards a time that is to come. Knowing the Lord in the Old Testament is almost implied for Israel, whom God had selected to be the priests, to bring God to the rest of the world. But it's never overtly stated. In Ezekiel, in our passage this morning, it's there, the that, the, that, the key. Vayad'u ki ani Adonai, and you will know that I am the Lord. Now in Isaiah 19 and verse 21, we see another passage. It says that the Lord will make himself known, resulting in our worship, sacrifice, and offering, forgiving iniquity and forgetting sin, but this is with a future outlook. In Hosea, it says that he will betroth us to him. And in Jeremiah 31, 34, where we read about this new covenant, it says, all will know the Lord. It says, du et Adonai. It's a commandment. Know the Lord. Enter into this new covenant. Know the Lord. That's what God wants. He doesn't want you to just know that he is who he is. He wants you to know him. Why does he want you to know him? So that you can introduce him to your friends. That's what we're called to do. It's interesting that we come across uh, this passage right now uh, on the, uh, you know, the eve of the eve of Martin Luther King, King Day. Um, it's always celebrated on the third Monday of the month of January, and it's a commemoration or in honor of his birthday. Now, Martin Luther King Jr. spoke a lot about freedom. I'm not going to get very into the politics around it, but on August 28th in 1963, my wife and I were not born yet. We were not born yet. In Washington, D.C., August 28th in 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. stood in D.C. and gave a speech. We know it today as the I Have a Dream speech. Now, you all know that he was a pastor, right? So it should not surprise you that he, can, you know, he included in this speech a lot of, of information, a lot of references to God, but I want to share something with you specifically. In his speech, he cites, he doesn't cite it, but he quotes from Isaiah chapter 40 in verses 4 and 5. Let every valley be lifted up, he used the word exalted, and every mountain and hill be made low, and let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged terrain a broad valley. And then in verse 5, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all flesh will see it together. This is the dream of Reverend Martin Luther King Jr., who is speaking about freedom. And he, in his, you know, in, in his inspiration to write this speech, connects freedom with the glory of the Lord being revealed. And I will tell you that that is 100% correct. There can be no freedom, no true freedom without your faith being placed in Yeshua as the Messiah. For without it, you have no choice 
Make the choice right now. If you have never made that choice before, put your trust and faith in Yeshua as the Messiah. Admit that you have made mistakes and that you are due the punishment for those mistakes and that Yeshua on the cross took the punishment for your mistakes on himself so that you could be free to make that choice so that your sin could be wiped away and forgotten and taken away and remembered no more so that you could have a relationship and know the Lord. Just like the scripture had been predicting would happen, just like God had always intended, you now have a choice to make. Put your trust and faith in Yeshua and allow yourself to be set free. Said it before, and I don't remember who I said it to, But those who are free are free indeed. You have no choice, you know, no, no, no fear of your choices. And when you choose poorly, you can make a new choice. That's the freedom to choose. Choose it now before it's too late. God is using perhaps even this coronavirus plague. And again, if you want to use a different word, but he's using it to get our attention. Turn from our wicked ways. Turn back to God and be healed. And by healing, I mean be set free from all of those things that have been haunting you in your past so that you can look to the future, knowing God and introduce him through you to the world. Let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, you are a great and glorious God, and we want to know you. For those of us who know you, Father, we want to know you better. Help us, Father. Through our study, through our prayer, through our worship, through all those things that we do, help us to know you better. Why? So that we can introduce you to people, so that we can share you with the world until your son comes back to rule here himself. Help us to be the ones to bring him to the world. Lord, we exalt you. We praise you. We're grateful for those people who stand for freedom. And Lord, we ask that even this week, as we recognize and honor Martin Luther King Jr., who stood for freedom, let us never forget that freedom is not just freedom here on earth. It's a freedom in heaven that you have given to us through your son, Yeshua, the Messiah, who sets us free from our sin, from our bond, from bondage to sin. And Lord, help, it, help us to make that the focus of everything. Lord, we praise you, we worship you. We're grateful for the freedom that we have in Yeshua, our Messiah. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Messianic Radio for a spiritually hungry world. Speak to the rock. Get answers for your life. Find out what's missing in your Bible and why. Solace Radio. Changing lives one heart at a time.